Hi everyone! Before we start the show, I wanted to ask that if you like what we're doing here, you might consider donating to keep it moving onward and upward. We have a Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hegelbon and a PayPal at paypal.me backslash Hegelbon. $5 at Patreon will get you bonus episodes, but even a dollar helps more than you can imagine because no cartridge is funded by listeners like you. Thank you. Trevor Strunk, uh, Hagelbon on Twitter, and with us today is Scott Blaha, um, known as Socks Mahoney on Twitter, but also a That's number right. of other things. Uh, you have a podcast uh, mm-hmm. called, um, why did I just forget the name of your podcast? <laughs> it's called, uh, it's in Wrestling on Earth, it's called uh, Wrestling uh-huh. on Air. Yes, you got um, it, good. I know, I know, I had it up actually, I was I was looking <laughs> into it before, and like I just forgot it. Um, but all sorts of other places, right? It's all, all sorts of places. Uh, yeah. Where can people find you, Scott? Uh, you can typically find my work on videogamechoochoo.com, otherwise known as chooch.biz. Uh, we have a Discord at thegamezone.zone. And like you said, Wrestling On Air, our comedy wrestling podcast for wrestlingonearth.com. Uh, it's a good time. I, I have a lot of friends who aren't wrestling fans who started listening to it and are just like, they're into it and still don't know anything about wrestling. So if, if you nice. just... If you think that's something you would like, if you like wrestling at all, it's kind of our answer to boring and drab analysis podcasts about wrestling, which are 98% of them. I mean, I don't really understand why you would ever want a boring drab analysis <laughs> podcast on wrestling since like the whole thing is spectacle and should be just kind of mm-hmm. fun. But And yet know, that's mm-hmm. the only thing anyone wants to do when it comes to recording podcasts about wrestling. Yeah, I guess different strokes for different folks. <laughs> sure. But I don't know. I, I don't think I'd want that. I you know you get enough of of the you know the concerns about kayfabe and stuff like that. And <laughs> I, I can I can only imagine. Uh, but yeah, no, that sounds great. People should definitely listen to it. Um, I will. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll nice. try. I'll try and get you back into wrestling. We're um we just recorded an episode with Patrick Gill of Polygon, and it's fucking hilarious. I'm still editing nice. it right now, but like, he's just such a fucking funny dude, and I'm so glad he was on. Excellent. There you yeah. go. Um, I, I thought I actually screwed up and included a, uh, a little moment where I said, uh, Chris person worked for, for Polygon and then I had to edit it out. <laughs> so that's the closest I've had to someone being on, on my show who works for Polygon. Um, all right. So, uh, Scott, you're here to talk to us today about, uh, well, basically about dark souls and mm-hmm. about, um, I think one of the things we're both really interested in is this like proliferation of dark souls likes or yep. games that kind of take on the philosophy or difficulty level of Dark Souls on some level. And maybe mm-hmm. difficulty is not quite the right way to say about it. Maybe we can narrow that down. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like, let's just start off easy. Like, what what about... Because Dark Souls is like a hugely popular game. I love Dark Souls. I've I've only beaten the first one, uh, mainly due to lack of time. Uh, right. But I have all the other ones. Like, I have Demon Souls in my PS3 ready to nice. go. And yeah, all those, you know, I just love... I love the Souls games. They're really fun. Um, what do you like about Dark Souls? Like, what what sort of grabs you about it? Uh, I think the thing that really first grabbed me about it is I'm um, I'm low key into like the the dark fantasy the dark fantasy aesthetic and there you it's, go. okay, which is like it's fun like that's a that's a good cool fun p- not pure because maybe there's some mm-hmm. weird religious connotations to that that are bad, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like it's. I don't get a lot of chances to go around and swing big swords against other big heavily armored enemies in games and that's something Dark Souls kind of excelled at really well. Skyrim didn't quite do it for me the way Dark Souls did. 
Okay, so yeah, I was going to ask you, like, there's all these games now, like Mountain Blade or Skyrim mm-hmm. or um, any of, you know, there's a million games like that. Like, uh, you could even talk about, like, Dragon's Dogma or whatever. Oh, totally. That, that is a game, of... like, I saw and I really, really wanted to give a shot and I have it downloaded. I still <laughs> haven't started it. It's, wow, I've been yeah, completely that's, that's wrapped with time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just started tonight, man. There you um, go. Right when we get off recording, you can just start it. No, um, I have to finish Tacoma. <laughs> Uh, well there you go it's but, um, goes up tomorrow we'll get it did i just date this podcast probably it's okay you can you can date it's all right when, when it comes out whatever it comes out uh tacoma will, will be out it, well, it was funny it. it was funny because i had to uh i had to play um i had to record a couple of podcasts or, or produce a couple of podcasts that were maybe about three weeks or a month old and i was wondering if people would catch the date in this and because like a couple of them were like so what do you think about e3 are you watching e3 coverage and i was like oh boy hope, hope people fast forward past this <laughs> but um so yeah i mean like there are all these dark fantasy games that like that seems like a really like zeitgeisty kind of uh genre and i like it too so like that's no no slam against it um but it seems like something people really like now uh for any number of reasons i mm-hmm. i don't know like you could hypothesize all sorts of reasons people like dark fantasy oh totally but, yeah um what about dark souls itself like like what so it takes it from sort of like a fun aesthetic to a game that you'd actually like want to sit down and talk about mm-hmm. uh yeah see when i first started it um it was very, very social. A lot of my friends had also played it. Uh, I was playing it long after them, so it was it was me coming in, coming to them, asking them about stuff, like, and also at the same time going, don't tell me anything. I want to figure it out on my own, but right, tell me everything about this one thing. <laughs> but um, but it was very much it, it's very much a social experience as much as it is like a good solo independent experience. It was uh, it was me being able to go out of my way to try this very particular challenge and say that I could be able to do it. And I honestly don't know exactly what caused it to hook its claws into me. I think because when I was playing it, I probably had a little more free time and I could easily get mm-hmm. absorbed in those things a little more. Sure. Um, but um it just continuing to play the game i found myself enjoying it more and more and the abstractness of the areas like seeing the ways they interconnected just got me really really hooked especially in terms of in terms of geography which is a whole thing (laughs) oh yeah no for sure and i mean like the game is very contained in that in that regard like it's it's a it's a game where you can actually walk from place to place, which mm-hmm. is so different than you can walk from place to place, but it isn't exactly open world. Right. Um, it, that's yeah. It's very linear. I saw, I saw like a Neo thread lately about, about uh, someone saying they wanted a pure open world, dark souls, like an actual open world game, dark souls. Like, and no, then you don't. every single reply was the first dark souls is open world. And, it made me contemplate getting a NeoGAF account. <laughs> just to yell at them? Just to yell at them. Yeah, because no. it isn't. Like, it, I mean, yes, in a certain way, but... One it's of the, interconnected. One of the, it's very yeah. linear, though. And one of the linearity of it, like, one of the linearity... Uh, hmm, one of the elements of linearity, let's say, about Dark Souls, the, especially the first one, is the, the difficulty. And, like, people mm-hmm. talk about the difficulty a lot, but... Um, the neat thing about Dark Souls, to my mind, isn't that it is difficult and, like... I'm trying to think of a good example, like even like a Mario 64 way where like, you know, there's like, I don't know how much experience you had with Mario 64, but like, um, you know, for, for a person of my age and generation, there was like a period <laughs> of time where like getting all the stars was a thing or like finding yeah. ways to get, you know, and it was like, an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. And inevitably some of that would be like really persnickety things where you had to like, <laughs> you know, nail a particular jump exactly, or, you know, get a race like perfect or whatever and it's like it's these refined movements that at a certain point just come down to like do you have enough patience right um and some of the difficulty in dark souls is like that for sure but i think more of it is like just your ability to be patient and like pick things up from context Mm -hmm. like dark souls assumes, and i've written about this before but i'm sure you you know this isn't breaking new ground like dark souls (laughs) assumes you're gonna die a lot yeah totally Um, like the whole point is that you're gonna die a lot and Mm -hmm. like one of the ways that I got hooked in the game was I played it for like five hours and didn't make any progress because I was trying <laughs> to uh, I was trying to go 
into the like the underworld, uh, oh. into Dark Dark Lord Nido's area, basically from the start. Instead yeah. of going right up to the town, I went you know into the graveyard, um, and the skeletons are basically unbeatable at the early levels. Like you just kind of have to work through it, and um, I, you know I basically worked through until like I beat the two or three skeletons in the graveyard, and then went on and found like. 10 skeletons <laughs> and I was like this isn't working and I had to retreat and like yeah you're right like in a certain way or that person's right like in a certain way yes Dark Souls is an open world game because there's no barriers to like where you can go but you can't like you can't figure it out like you can't figure out that first part of the world and like actually succeed as a you know level one person playing the mm-hmm. game for the first time yeah totally so I wonder, like, you know, with the idea of difficulty there, because I think that's like, well, actually, let me ask you. So, like, difficulty is such a subjective thing. For me, like, the the interesting part of the difficulty is, like, the repetition of it, like, the dying and having to figure something out from that dying. Um, what sort of, does the difficulty play into it at all for you? Or is that, like, sort of a secondary consideration for your enjoyment of Dark Souls? Uh, the difficulty uh, definitely did my first time through. I think after mm-hmm. you've played several of these games and learned the weird idiosyncrasies of it, it like sure. becomes less of a, a less of a thing. It's definitely still present, and you definitely are still conscious of it, but you know how to tackle it in ways a new player might not. Mm. Um, but uh, when it came to my first time through, it was absolutely a big aspect of it. Uh, <laughs> so you, like, how uh, did that? How did that? Cha- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, how did that change your, because the way you described it was like this way of uh, overcoming a challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, how did that change your appreciation of that challenge? Huh. That's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> how did it change my appreciation of it? Well, I don't know. I don't really know if it did. Um Like, just going in and being able to learn these things, uh, one of my friends told me, very early on when I was still in Undeadburg that I would not like once I learned how to play the game better I would just breeze through that area on a new game plus or like just starting a new game I would just breeze through kill everything no problem and I was just very like that's not gonna happen these guys are too hard and then mm-hmm. sure enough yeah. like the next uh, the next new game I started because I of course have like seven different characters um, right, right. <laughs> the next new game I started I like took everything down no problem running around backstabbing kind of parkouring around it uh it like it really recontextualized the early the early play of that game in a way uh in a way that i felt like i as a player had gotten better and not just Hmm. that i'd leveled up more um yeah that's really interesting because like definitely the idea of recontextualization in dark souls is there from what you were talking about before the geography right mm -hmm. where like all of a sudden, like if you open, I'm thinking like particularly of when, oh, I'm trying to remember where this comes from, where you like actually come out from. But there's a there's a door in the undead burg um, that like unlocks from the other side in right. like one of the earliest moments in it. And like once you unlock it from the other side, you realize like, oh, I've been below here the whole time. Like this is, <laughs> oh, I see. Like you yeah. start to see like how everything connects. Um, and until you get to Anna Orlando, um, they don't like everything is connected. It's not mm-hmm. like it's not like a thing that you can't walk to. Um, and the it, I, that, that's like such a cool way of recontextualizing the game. But I think like your way of saying recontextualization there that like once you see the area not as foreboding but as something familiar, like that changes it too. Mm-hmm. So let me ask: Did you? We could stick with Dark Souls like specifically sure. for a little bit, and then we we'll get into it. But like. I know a lot of people get frustrated with the switch from Dark Souls 1 to Dark Souls 2 because there's this, like, um, there's this move to sort of, like, less imaginative spaces, I- I've heard people say. Um, yeah, there's that? definitely... Did you find that it... Okay. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, did you find that? I Yeah, if you're ready to answer there, go for it. <laughs> there's definitely an aspect of that, and on top of that, the gameplay was also like shifted dramatically and went from Mm -hmm. it went from something that was a little weirdly this sounds weird saying but something a little more forgiving to something that is like so slow that your movements have to be incredibly precise if you want to succeed so it's okay yeah it's way more challenging in that aspect because um 
Because it doesn't, if you don't dodge at the right time, instead of just like matching on the dodge button that you can do in other Souls games, um, you will just get absolutely wrecked and it is bad. It's like, it doesn't hmm. feel as good as it does in other Souls games. But that's okay. also something, that's also kind of neat that Dark Souls 2 took it to that extreme because I think slower, more deliberate gameplay is something that benefits Dark Souls. Uh, it benefits that game specifically because I think arguably that game has the best PvP. Um, mm, yeah, it's really intense PvP. But yes. yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel slow once you get into the rhythm of it and you understand mm-hmm. the, the the best times that you should parry and the best times that you should dodge. But like just just going from something like Bloodborne, which is incredibly incredibly fast, back mm-hmm. to Dark Souls Two, which is something I tried to do, I just couldn't do it because my <laughs> my like my like timing was completely off my like that center of my brain where i played dark souls 2 for like uh the last year and a half was just completely shut off because <laughs> it was just like it was completely gone it's a completely different experience from that uh from the other games i mean and it's interesting too because the dark souls games i think would rarely be called contemplative but i think there's like what you're talking about there is sort of like this contemplation that happens within the games um and like I'm, I'm thinking about like the bonfire that you always come back to, mm-hmm. right? Especially in the first one, that like is, and and actually in Demon Souls too, the the sort of like um, weird child of of it on the on the PlayStation, right? Um, the the place you come back to is filled with all these familiar faces that have like tragic stories or are weirdly mercurial or something like that. Um, there's always like a story that you're not being told in Dark Souls, mm-hmm. um, but it is contemplative in terms of like you come back there and basically you have a moment to reflect on what happened before going out. Definitely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And like that, that going back to like taking it even slower and making it more contemplative, even in the actions you're taking, like you really have to think about every single one. I don't know. Like, yeah, I think you're right. Like there's kind of a, a true, dark soulsian spirit to that <laughs> it's a it's a it's a cool game every single i i try to go back to it every now and then it's something i really have to prepare for though and that's like sure. that's like that's something i don't have to do with the other ones though because like uh dark souls demon souls bloodborne dark souls 3 they all play relatively the same they have mm-hmm. different like they have different little aspects to them that change but they're all generally the same kind of game um dark souls 2 is just it's its own thing man let it be just let it be <laughs> so let me ask then so you played all of them yeah um let me ask what do you think is making people want to recreate these games like particularly like games makers so like Mm -hmm. obviously there's the there's an audience for it and we've talked about some reasons for the audience but i find like and maybe you disagree if you disagree please uh, you know (laughs) postulate away but for me trying to figure out why a video game audience likes something seems to me like just like a totally crazy um (laughs) an impossible task Because, like, it always seems to be totally idiosyncratic. It, maybe they like it because it's hard. Maybe they like it because of the lore. Maybe they, you know, maybe they don't like it because there's not enough nudity or something. I don't know. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just, like, just seems to be, like, video game consumers seem to have, like, very strange reasons for liking and disliking things. Um, and, I mean, I'm one, too, so I guess sure, I do, too. Yeah. But um, why do you think the game designers are so fascinated uh, by trying to like recapture that magic? Do you think it's Hmm. like, do you think it's purely a profit motive or do you think there's something like, I don't know, uh, within the craft going on there, so to speak? There might be a profit, uh, profit aspect to it. Um, I don't want to completely deny that because I'm pretty sure there are people 100% making games just to be hard, but Hmm. um, difficult games have existed like forever like sure uh, like really the hard games they've come in different aspects they're not quite the dark souls form but stuff like cave story has existed for a really long time like spelunky was really popular before dark souls got popular these Mm. are these are games that require the same kind of precision something like a dark souls does and i saw someone on twitter i don't want to name it because i don't want to i don't want to name them because i don't want to blow up their spot but they just finished the game fury which uh, i played last year and i love that game um they said something along the lines of not wanting indie games to continue this trend of ridiculous difficulty just because and i feel like that's kind of disingenuous especially to something like fury which is obvious like yeah that's yeah fury is an extremely hard game but i think difficulty um plays into the larger themes of it i think it's very it's very um 
it's very core to the nature of that game because mm. it's it comes from two different uh very difficult uh very historically difficult uh genres like it comes from that character action uh type boss battle kind of game and then also it, the bullet hell yeah shmup yeah. bullet hell yeah. yeah so like it makes sense that a that game is genetically very difficult but b that the difficulty that it the difficulty that it ascribes to is also like very very closely tied with the narrative you want mm. to you want to kind of feel sympathetic for this character uh because you two are overcoming these great challenges together and right. it and it like uh, it, it climaxes in spots with difficulty to tell stories about characters. Like there's one there's one boss in particular that's extremely difficult for a very specific reason, <laughs> and that's like there's a couple like that. But there's one that that is difficult to teach you a very certain thing about parrying, and mm-hmm. that's like and that's like that is very uh that's very tied to to the relationship between the player character and that boss and that's like that's extremely neat and i think it's so cool i like fury a lot it's a great game everyone should give it a shot but it also has that same aspect dark souls have dark souls has where overcoming a big challenge is very very relieving it it just yeah relieving is a good word for it Yeah, I, that's interesting because the way you're talking about Fury there kind of uh, clarifies something for Dark Souls for me too, which is that, you know, I, I've I've talked to people who say that they're just not interested in the, the difficulty for difficulty's sake, and you know, on some level, I think that is the appeal of Dark Souls likes, um, not the totally, Fury's yeah. Dark Souls like, um, but you know, something that people would describe as like Dark Souls, and I'm thinking like um, the Purge came out, and I was reading uh, reviews you mean of it. I've, the Surge. Oh, the surge, not the purge. Oh, <laughs> yeah. gosh. Um, I haven't played it yet, so I don't Very know the name. Great um, series of movies. Yeah, the the purge. Yeah, if, oh, if only <laughs> very there was a dark purge souls like. Yeah, that. <laughs> it's dark, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, <laughs> I'll leave that in. Um, the but the surge. Yeah, it's like every single review of it was like, "Don't expect dark souls in space." Is it dark souls in space? I wanted it to be dark souls in space, and I was like, "Man." It's a poor game. Like it doesn't matter <laughs> if it's good or bad. Um, and like I've 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 known people who have talked about like yeah you know it's the problem with Dark Souls is it's difficult for the sake of being difficult. And I think back to games that actually are that like mm. um like even like early games like yeah old old um, NES the, games for real yeah like the the Battletoads racing levels those were difficult to be for the sake of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Like, those are unbelievably difficult. Totally and. Yeah. Like for no other reason than they're hard and they want you to spend quarters. And then when they're ported to to systems, they're still unbelievably difficult. Um, <laughs> but uh, but Dark Souls is 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 difficult as Fury is uh, for narrative reasons, right? Like the difficulty yeah. actually like reveals something about the thematics or the story within the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking like in um, and I'm gonna forget the character's name, but you're gonna know it because um, you played it seven times. Um, <laughs> Uh, the the sort of last boss in Dark Souls, the right. the the Firekeeper, yeah. um, uh, Gwyn, uh, Gwyn, thank you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he he's like you get an achievement if you parry him, mm-hmm. and like there's this there's this way in which like the unparryable nature of him or the very <laughs> difficult to parry nature of him is like actually tells its own story and mm-hmm. like like you said about fury the fact that like pairing that boss deals with the relationship i mean it is like this it's this relationship between the game's difficulty and actually its story right right yeah is there something like obviously a dark souls like can be something where you know you're playing in a you know uh, a 2.5 uh person perspective it's an action game it's you know dark fantasy or some sort of like sci-fi thing and it's hard like that's a version of a dark souls like insofar as like you could have a grand theft auto like right. or, a, or a, a metroidvania or something that just replicates the conditions of the initial popular game um but do you think there's something like do you think there's something about a dark souls like that also has to have this like difficulty narrative connection hmm. Yeah, I think I think if you're definitely going to try to emulate Dark Souls, you need to have I don't actually I'm not quite sure cuz the more I think about it, something like Breath of the Wild is extremely mm-hmm. not like it's there it's hard in spots, but it's not a difficult game by nature. It actually right, has I mean, like any Zelda game is like that. Yeah. yeah. 
it has like a sliding difficulty actually which i think is really interesting like the more that you play the game the easier it becomes especially mm. the final boss it's based it's sort of like a game on a timer where the faster you want to go the harder it is but it's yeah, like sure. but it's like um you i don't i i just don't want games to copy dark souls period at all at mm. this point just because of how overabundant it is but um I think if games are going to try and take that, take uh, the Dark Souls formula, like they should try and consider, they should try and consider difficulty before aesthetic or difficulty before like the story they want to tell because you're strictly trying to go for a Dark Souls thing when it feels like. Uh, a lot of games have their have their thing. This is kind of what Lords of the Fallen was. It was a mm. game that was like kind of a very like bland medieval dark fantasy but then it felt like dark souls was interjected into it and it was very bad dark lords of the fallen <laughs> is a bad game just don't play it but it sounds pretty bad it, it's not good but it's um <laughs> but it doesn't quite understand what dark souls does right or what it's doing with its difficulty it doesn't mm. it doesn't break down the mechanics of dark souls in order to rebuild them into the form that it wants to it just kind of does it because that's what it thinks is it's supposed to do if it wants to be a dark souls game I right said dark and souls so much today it's you're <laughs> gonna say it more it's you know it's just gonna happen <laughs> so yeah no but I, like i i'm, I'm still kind of taken with this, this this thing that you said about your friend's reaction to fury that like they wish that indie games would stop being so hard mm-hmm. um and i'm also it's, like it go ahead it's also something I've seen like Jim Sterling kind of uh, mirror, like mirror a little bit mm-hmm. in the sense of like games games like Dark Souls uh, would not uh, they would not be hurt by there being an easier difficulty to it. When uh-huh. I just like in the sense of like it should be more accessible to more people that there should be an easy mode that a lot of people could play but i don't quite agree with that because then that doesn't quite yeah that doesn't quite jive with the philosophy of dark souls in general well and it's it's interesting too that you say that because it's not so much that i mean this is i guess this is what i was kind of getting at with the question about narrative is that the 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 similarities between fury and dark souls kind of boil down to the fact that both games require the level of difficulty they have to tell the stories they're telling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as such, it's it's not about like, it's not about being gatekeepy. It's not like get out of here casuals or something like that. Yeah. It's literally just that they're using gameplay to, you know, inform some sort of element of the story they're telling, mm-hmm. um, which all of a sudden out of the blue, uh, unplanned strikes me <laughs> as something that is, uh, is something that video games can kind of uniquely do. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like suddenly a book doesn't completely change its language and you have to decipher right. it. Even though that would kind of be cool and maybe someone should try that. Well, I mean, I guess in some ways it like it speaks to to kind of the modernist impulse uh where, you know, difficulty of interpretation uh I'm thinking here of like for those of you who aren't, you know, interested in academic <laughs> literary studies, uh modernism is basically uh, you know, you could trace it from for simplicity's sake let's just say between the two well probably like if you give it a broad scope uh from the beginning of the 20th century to say 1920 1930 uh, just before the just before the second world war um and you're talking about authors like uh t.s Eliot, virginia wolf um ezra pound uh so yes up to the second world war because pound was a huge fascist um (laughs) But people who like played around with language in ways that were meant to encourage you to like become engrossed in it and spend a ton of time trying to interpret what they're doing, hmm. um, and yeah, I mean like there's one of the philosophies there is like that you're we're you know we're playing with the difficulties here and that's the point. Have you ever heard of uh, Kitty Horror Show? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've yeah. played I've played one of her games. Um, Which one? What game did I what game did I play by hers? Probably uh, Anatomy. Yes, 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 yes. I actually I did a I did a uh, yeah, I wrote on Anatomy. It's a wonderful game. Nice. Yeah. Uh I, I kinda think about uh I kinda think about this in the same way I think about her games, which actively explore like spaces rejecting players or games yeah, rejecting players. It's yeah. uh it's incredibly fucking cool stuff. But it's like uh <laughs> but yeah, go play Anatomy. It's like it's 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 a really smart 
It's a really smart version of a it's horror game. It's a cool game. game. Yeah. yeah. It's really neat. Um, yeah, it's like you can see that came, same kind of aspect of like games pushing get, uh, back against players in a genre where like um, in a genre like kitty horror shows horror games. Uh, uh, fuck. No, no, you're right. And I mean, like, they're, they're, no, you're, you're totally right. And the thing that that I think you're you're hitting at here and I think is really important and it goes against sort of like Jim Sterling's uh, assertion that there should be an easy mode is that, you know, there are narrative games that also are about impossibility. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, I mean, this has been something that has kind of been toyed with a lot, even in early, early-ish games. I'm thinking, like, you ever play, um, I don't know, I'm 32, so <laughs> I'm probably older than you. You're, um, like, I'm 28. You're not that much older. Okay, okay. So we probably have some of the same same uh, memories then. Totally, so yeah. So did you play, did you play Mega Man X? Uh, yeah, I love Mega Man X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I've played far too many hours of Mega Man X. Um, but when Mega Man X came out, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, if it made as much of an impact on you, but in that first stage, uh, you have to fight uh, Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zero appears for the first time, and he is... Um, no, I'm sorry. You don't have to fight Zero. You have to fight the... Um, uh, you have to fight proto- like a walker enemy and Zero Yeah, comes the proto-man yeah. stand-in. And yeah. The walker, yeah, and Zero comes in and saves you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but uh, you can't beat that walker. No, uh, there's nothing you can do to beat that walker. And it always stuck with me because I think it was the first time I'd ever experienced a game throwing that at me saying like, OK, this part's impossible. You can't beat it. Um, just die and let the story keep moving <laughs> forward. <laughs> and and I mean, that was like that was so frustrating. I kept I tried to beat that so many times and you, you can't. It doesn't have a life meter. It's yeah. unbeatable. Um, but obviously anatomy and Kitty Horror Show's games are a much more evolved version of this. But they both play with this idea of impossibility, right? Mm-hmm. And you would never say an impossible game should have an easier difficulty mode <laughs> when impossibility is part of the game, right? Like, yeah, completely. It's not so far removed from difficulty to say something's impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess like so. Here's a here's a question for you, maybe to sure. to to take take Sterling's argument a little further. Um, would you? What if there were a game that was well, that's not how to ask it. Here's a way to ask it. What if there was a game that was, as Dark Souls is to difficulty, this game is to easiness, hmm. um, is to sort of like simplicity, playability, something like that. Maybe you could you could argue like walking simulators or this, in yeah, some way or whatever. Yeah. Um, would that serve as a uh, a detractor for you, or would you play it as long as someone said like, no, 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 everything adds up, like everything sort of like it's a, it's a complete piece. The mechanics add into the gameplay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Would, would I personally play it? Would you play it? Would it be oh, a character yeah. or would you play it? Uh, I mean, yeah, totally. I, I, I don't mean if you mean like this thing is trying to... It, I'm like, I don't mean, I'm I, taking I don't this mean as like... like it's, it's not trying to be a Dark Souls-like. Okay. I'm basically <laughs> saying like... Uh, this is a bad question because it's, no, it's no, too no, complex. It's okay. but like, yeah, no, no, no. I, I like I have very broad, diverse tastes. I like a whole bunch of different kinds of games. Dark Souls has really stuck with me over the years. But yeah, I absolutely, I love fucking artistic games. I love mm-hmm. games that have deeper meanings. I love games <laughs> that go beyond the text. And yeah, I just I guess like I will yeah, gladly like, play something like that. No, for sure. And like I guess, I guess what I'm saying there is it's not. It, Sterling's argument seems to me to be, and people who argue about the easier text thing, it seems to me to be the argument. The argument is like, hey, look, you know, these games are just difficult for the sake of difficulty insofar mm-hmm. as they are trying to please a particular base. Why not let other people in? Whereas you'd never complain about that with an easy game, right? You'd never say like, well, like, let's get some gone home, some enemies. So like, <laughs> it's not so hard to beat or not so easy to beat, right? Um, yeah. Let's, let's, let's increase the difficulty of these puzzles. Um, it's just like that is what it is. Uh, I guess it's surprising to me, or maybe telling, that a game like, and maybe you have some thoughts on this, but a game like Dark Souls, or a game that is difficult, let's say like Fury, just for change of sure. sake, um, like Fury can't be um, sort of difficult on its own terms, but has to be difficult to like a separate end. Whereas a game like, say, What Remains of Edith Finch, can be quote unquote easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone sort of is okay with that. Yeah. Um, it depends on like, 
see now i'm like thinking about difficulty in different ways in which like hey something uh the text of something may be way harder to interpret for someone in the same sense of like a boss may be too hard for someone to beat so it's like are we getting on to some kind of weird some kind of like weird philosophy where like difficulty can exist in uh what a difficulty can exist in exist in subtext i don't know no you're not i mean i don't think i don't think that's i don't think that's too weird like yeah. it's, it, it speaks to i think like this 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 way that games operate as the way these games are still expected to operate let's say that as like their earliest iterations like mm-hmm. press this yeah, button and something completely. will happen on the screen yeah. right um and like difficulty i think for some people is shifting so like is it a difficult story to tell or is it a difficult game to beat or Mm -hmm. is it both right um that might be like the central question like you know there's nothing terribly difficult about gone home but like actually sort of squaring the story with personal experience or whatever or or like hearing the story itself may be difficult for some completely yes um yeah i think that's that's completely valid i think that's a really smart point um (laughs) i I wonder, I wonder how much of that, I wonder how much of that, let me actually just say it in a positive way. And, and I mean like positive (laughs) isn't, I mean positive isn't like positing something, not as in like optimistic. Um, It seems to me that Dark Souls actually like, that's why it's grabbed me in that like, it's trying to tell this story that it never quite tells. And there's something very difficult about the narrative in that like, you live in a dying world, you Mm -hmm. can't do much to fix it. It's all very pessimistic and dark. And like it, it's it's sort of like after the fact. Like everyone's basically like, yeah. I mean, I guess you could go like rekindle the flame, but it's not going to help much. <laughs> like it's, and it does it. Like unless they, they you're a large serpent you. who really, really wants you to do it. Yeah, and even <laughs> then, like even then, there's the dark serpent hanging yeah. in the corners. Yeah. Um. So like you know, the game is the game's pessimistic. It's cynical. Um. And and above all, it's sort of like hopeless. And uh. But it, and like all the mechanics kind of key into that, and it's a really difficult story yeah. to tell. Like it's difficult to have a full difficult game that you have to keep trying at, whose ultimate point is like it doesn't matter. Um, so just as just as like an please. aside, do you know why like the story itself, like the actual lore bits that are like separate and you have to piece together yourself? Do you know why exactly that is? Because I have an answer to I, that, and I want to tell. No, I, I want to know I if you've an heard about for this. that. No, please go for it. S- so the creator Miyazaki, I don't Hidetaki Miyazaki. No, wait, is that the right one? There's so many Miyazakis right no, now. No. Dark Souls Mia Miyazaki. Saki. You can edit this out where I Google search Hidetaka Miyazaki. Yeah, uh, no, so gonna, it's it's gonna be the the top of the podcast. <laughs> it's gonna be the thing you quote for the title. Uh, yeah, his right. name was Miyazaki. Uh, no wait, let me look. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Hidetaki Miyazaki as a child really, really enjoyed fantasy stories, uh, like fantasy stories in English, and he didn't quite understand English completely. So a lot of the key aspects of the stories that he was reading didn't quite get through, like he didn't quite mm. understand them. So when he was developing Dark Souls, one of the things he wanted to do was emulate that experience of not of like having an idea of what's happening, but not quite understanding the specifics. And oh, I think that's that's like a thing about Dark Souls that has really huh. fucking stuck with me. That's why there's so many like little lore pieces and so many little stories that you have to interpret, but you don't you don't quite know the specifics. And then you well, see yeah, people. It, like, it is sort of like you're missing a you're missing part of the codex. Like you're missing yeah. like some important thing that happened or something that changed or some historical element that you're just never gonna get. It's nowhere in the story. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool that the community has latched onto that so well to like take that aspect of it and make it like a core part of uh, like community dialogue, understanding mm-hmm. lore, telling stories. That's why it's why channels like Vadi Video are so popular. Even though I have my own concerns about his videos, maybe not quite <laughs> getting things. <laughs> I see. I see. But um, uh, he uh like. There, like there's a huge huge market for that because no one like people don't understand this and they want to and they want to hear they want to be able to hear these stories and that's so cool that uh dark souls uh, dark souls has created this space for people to share and understand things together as a community 
Yeah, and it, it's it's also so interesting that like the actual sort of legacy that seems to come out that as actually productive mm-hmm. um, is the is the narrative legacy as much as or perhaps more than the difficulty legacy. And I'm totally, thinking like yeah. other games, like the games I think of. I was trying to think of Dark Souls likes while I was coming up with this uh, while I was you know, prepping for this, and immediately like the first one that came to mind was Dead Cells, and then the next mm. one that came to mind was Sundered, which I've started playing. Um, a bit of which is really neat um but like those are both metroidvanias they're yeah. not they're, like functionally they're not dark souls um but there's this sort of like closed-lipped way they approach their own lore mm-hmm. where it's just like yeah you figure it out <laughs> 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 like that i think is is so much informed by that yeah. like yeah just utter confusion or yeah. like lack Maybe maybe not done with the deliberacy that uh, Miyazaki intended. No, uh, I mean those but, those are those are indie games. I mean, like yeah. on some level, yeah. I guess I, I guess I give them a little bit of uh, slack. In oh terms yeah, of completely, totally. Yeah. Like the I, I love I love I love playing indie games. I love like I love seeing these smaller experiences and like if a game if a good indie game to me just gets like the thing it wants to do right, it has already succeeded. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we've we've had Scott Scott Benson on the show so much that I think probably on some level I should I should hold other uh, indie game makers to his writing. Um, <laughs> Big Dark Souls fan, by the way. Yeah, huge Dark Souls <laughs> fan. I think we talked about it in one of the shows. It's like he's <laughs> or before it, I don't know. But he's uh, yeah, he's super into it. Um, yeah, and I think like you know, there's well, take Night in the Woods. I mean, so spoilers for Night in the Woods if people are playing Night in the Woods. Um, the the sort of like end kind of monster or uh, 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 paranormal thing in Night in the Woods. I saw people complaining, and I've talked to Scott about this too. But like, they they were complaining that it didn't have sort of like a conclusion. Like it wasn't huh. clear what was haunting it. Like it was sort of like a. Um, they were complaining that there wasn't a good enough ending, <clears throat> a good enough ending for the game. That's silly. Well, I think so too, and I think one of the reasons it's silly is because like if you spelled it out it wouldn't be interesting yeah In the exactly same way that if you if you spelled out all the lore of dark souls like what what's what's interesting about that like <laughs> oh please please give me the lineage of all the kings before the world fell into darkness or something like who cares havel, havel got betrayed by gwyn but then got stuck in a cellar but then got out and now he's yeah, like a friend of dragons <laughs> who knows and i mean like you can do like i think like fan bases telling the stories is really interesting yeah it's cool. a yeah, there's a level of like oral tradition there. There's sort of a way that they act as their I didn't own storytellers. That. That's really cool. Makers. Yeah, but like from the source, it's like, come on! Like, <laughs> how many games? How many games have we played that have like spelled out the grand conspiracy? And we're like, that's it. Like, that's all there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like I, I love, I love that element i i don't know if dark souls informed it or not but like um it kind of um, it kind of had like through the last few games you get a better sense of what's happening with the world and mm-hmm. uh it still manages to stay abstract because in the third game it throws a it throws a real wrench into the logic of the first two games uh okay the first two games face like you're you you as a player are a whole different type of person that wasn't introduced before and the way mm. the world is shifting uh wasn't shifting the same way it was and it represents this like this point of decay to mm. the point to where like the world has completely rebuilt itself over and over and over again and maybe that's a bad thing and it shouldn't be doing that <laughs> yeah it's uh, I've, I've brought this guy up before on um on podcasts i don't know if one of the i don't know if it's one of the any the ones that have come out yet but the um the british author robert aikman is someone i think about a lot when i play games with these kinds of narratives um because like Aikman's whole if you don't read Aikman um, both you Scott and anyone in the world who hasn't read Aikman um, <laughs> and I should. have not just if you like horror um, he's super interesting because okay. uh, his whole deal is he'll he'll tell a story that has kind of like a terrifying thing in its center hmm. um, with no conclusion or resolution that's um, good you get a glimpse of it and you get a glimpse of something that's going on but it's not clear if it's supernatural it's not clear what it is um, it's just kind of unnerving or scary or whatever however you want to describe it um but what i like about aikman so like there's a there's a story of his where the main idea is this guy takes a vacation in greece he sees an island in the distance and he says to the natives like or not the natives but the native greeks Mm -hmm. uh, the greeks there he says like hey can i go out to that island and they say like oh no 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 one can go to that island no boats go there 
Um, and he keeps asking. Eventually, he gets his own boat and goes out to the island. And he meets three women there. He sort of has this wonderful time at the island. And then at some point, there's a betrayal and oh. he has to leave the island. And that's the end of the story. But it's just like this it's this weirdness of like what's going on in the island. Who are these women? What is happening here? Is it like beyond nature? And the only thing that's actually clear in the story is um, the boat. It's it's hmm. the sort of like the 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 context of the ocean, the context of like I'm on an island, I want to get to that other island, the idea of sailing, stuff like that. Like that is all very clear in the story. And it seems to me that like what you're describing in Dark Souls, like the central mechanic of the game, like the bonfires obviously are narratively important, I know, in the third game. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of the fire uh, is super central to all the games. Mm-hmm. Uh and of course, like being undead, being, you know, whichever world you're in, you can explain and expand on that element of the story so much. But what's actually like really cool is that as it expands on that central mechanic, the stuff outside of that mechanic is still so. And I'm thinking of the first game primarily, sure. so you can correct me if it's in the others as well, but if it's not in the others as well, but the stuff outside of that central mechanic stays so obscured and so strange. Yeah. Um, that like you you have your central anchor point, uh, but beyond that, it's all like well, I don't know. Like it's up it's up <laughs> to the interpretation of the player. Completely, yeah. Uh, no, it, the other games stayed that kind of abstract as well. <laughs> they didn't just they didn't spell everything out. Yeah, they're very <laughs> they're very good at that. Uh, you should, Bloodborne especially. If you haven't, you should play Bloodborne. It's an excellent game. Uh, Only available on PS4, which is a bad limitation, but that's my thing. Yeah, fantastic. I don't have a PS4, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to get one someday to play Bloodborne. Um, primarily to play Bloodborne and maybe yeah. Persona 5. <laughs> it's also That's also weird. Like uh, The Souls games have this like, real poor lineage where Demon Souls is only available on the PS3, Bloodborne only on the PS4, Bloodborne <laughs> yeah. kind of being a weird proto-predecessor. Or like, not predecessor. Let's see. Let's see. What's like, the opposite of that? Uh, a prequel? Uh, not. No. Wait. Like Wait, a no, son no, no, a, a, of Demon oh, Souls. Oh, like yeah, like a um, not a sequel. No, it's not a sweet. It's like a spiritual it's, sequel. There we go. Oh, That's yeah, the term like we a did it. There, spiritual yes. sequel. Good, excellent. Yes. We did it. Perfect. Uh, yeah, no, and there's like Demon Souls being a bit hard to place within the the mm-hmm. Dark Souls lineage, and yeah, I mean, on some level, that kind of keys back into what we were talking about, where there is no good answer. Uh, right to a lot of the questions being asked in these games yeah 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 um <laughs> so do you think uh do you think these questions are not the questions that dark souls brings up because you know they're just kind of this is another thing that interests me about dark souls <clears throat> the questions themselves are just kind of these existential questions that on their own aren't very interesting <laughs> like basically end up being like why do you fight what is your yeah. purpose and stuff like like stuff games have been asking forever or fantasy novels or whatever have been asking mm-hmm. forever. Um, it's not a new question. Uh, but the way it plays with the question is interesting. And so like, if not the actual questions, then this act of questioning, like, do you think that video games are becoming a more sort of like contemplative genre in that way? Do you think that's been a trend as well? I'd certainly hope so, but I feel like souls likes don't quite grasp that aspect of mm. it. Um, like, they are way too keen to explain to you why you are fighting more than more than like you know to ask you know to make you to ask you those questions it's Mm -hmm. a it's 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 a little sad like i played the surge a little bit um i didn't get super far in it just because i didn't like it very much it it sounds like it's sort of middling reviews it seemed perfectly fine but i got to a point in it where it just wasn't really that fun to play and i had other things to play mid 2017 like i that like i still have it downloaded probably not going to pick it up again ever you know Mm -hmm. i want to give that game a fair shake but it's like um that game is way too uh it, it explains to you why you're in the place that you're in uh what exactly you are doing there and uh and then uh when everything goes wrong it explain like it tries to do the thing it tries to do the like why am i here thing but mm-hmm. it like when everything goes wrong and the everything blows up and you're left on a planet and you don't know what you're doing there it tries to do the littlest tiny bit (laughs) of abstraction of like giving you the tiniest amount of doubt but you're still like 
you you still as a character believe you are there to do the job that you were hired for right so it's like you you still have the motivation that something like a dark souls which would not give you ever which like is is like the grand joke of dark souls honestly that it takes a while for you to get to the characters that actually go out of their way to tell you what you have to do and then when you do like there are two of them that are diametrically opposed and then it's like neither of them are actually right yeah none of them help you yeah (laughs) it's like this weird meditation on choice in games like if you want to you can just avoid them completely and play the game just completely fine and it won't change anything but if you want to talk to them they will offer you different choices and you can make you can make those choices whether or not you want to and like it's none of it really matters like it serves to give you motivation that you don't need which is like it's a good it's a good bit about dark souls (laughs) it is yeah i mean it's like it's there's there's something very risky i think in setting a game up like dark souls and maybe this is why people don't do it as often as they should but there's something really risky about having a game that like so openly refuses to give you answers mm-hmm. or so openly refuses to give you motivation not to like, mention think, the hmm. second uh, the second serpent character like yeah. you can only really unlock that if you don't know what you're doing and if like you don't already know what you're doing and you haven't looked up how to see this person or how to join that covenant like in order to get to that character you will have to have played so far into the game to have seen a cutscene to have recognized a pattern in that cutscene and then to have told yourself wait a minute there's something weird I have to play the game again in order to see if I can go do this thing before this cutscene happens and then you can see that character and then that character offers you a different choice and then like kind of offers you the promise of things being explained and then like you know if you follow his path there's more serpents at the end of the game and you're good (laughs) That's funny. I you know I actually never got to this to the dark to the dark version of uh, of uh, mm-hmm. the, the serpent, um, largely because of that. When I found out there was one, I was like, really? Like where the game is he? <laughs> and you can just completely miss it. It just the, there's whole mm-hmm. there's like a big area in the game they just completely refuse to show you for no reason. Like, like yeah. the only way you know how to get to Ash Lake is to go to an illusory wall and break it and then realize there's another illusory wall behind it and then climb down a very very mean tree that doesn't want you to climb down it. Oh, the tree's awful. It's so bad. But then you get to this nice big lake that doesn't really offer you anything. There's no boss there. It's just like a neat area. <laughs> yeah, I remember getting to the bottom of Ash Lake and being like, "All right, I did it." And it's like, "Oh, <laughs> I can go be no, a dragon now." Here. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, no, and I think like on I don't know, like maybe maybe we're talking around this, but there's a way there's a way that's very I, I find this is the case and this is the best I've done at it so far and because I'm talking to you about it. Um, so it's the best you've done uh, with me then. <laughs> Uh, Definitely. So I'll give you credit for this. Maybe Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, nothing up to me here. But the, um, you know, it's hard to talk about Dark Souls. Uh, it's very circular because mm-hmm. you end up sort of constantly coming back to the only thing you can nail down, which is like, well, it sure is hard and they sure do make <laughs> it hard for you. And like, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's like constantly coming back to this difficulty. And like the difficulty really isn't the point. The point is like, it's this game that, really just plops this object in front of you and says like all right like i don't care how much you see of this object it doesn't (laughs) matter to me like you can beat it you cannot beat it like you can beat it and you can get everything you can get nothing it's like it's not important um the object doesn't really it's not asking you to do anything um literally when you landed the bonfire it's not like anyone's like hey maybe you should go do this (laughs) the, the, the sort of like the sort of like depressive guy who shows up in in demon souls as well um, and I guess in all the Dark Souls, yeah, um, it tells you like maybe you should try and ring those bells. Mm-hmm. Something will happen. <laughs> That's the closest you get to someone actually asking you to do something. It's like the the actual motivation there. I mean, it's such a gutsy game to make. You just like, yeah, okay, just like do whatever you want. I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's kind of incredible. Like it's yeah. It, you can't imagine a lot of games making that choice unless they're indie games, in which case they're going to look a lot different, but they might have some of the same philosophical elements. 
Yeah, and that's probably one of the biggest reasons why it's had such a big cultural impact because it's such like it's hugely popular, but it's also like very, very divergent from like actual popular games. Like, yeah, every single big budget game is like all about risk aversion. It's all about like we're gonna tutorialize you on how to do this until you know how to do it, and then you're off to go in our big open world where there's a million different things that don't matter, and then right. like there's just this game that's just this nice well-crafted well-organized linear experience and you just go through it and it doesn't tell you how to do it but it gives you it gives you a sword it gives you a shield that you shouldn't be relying on too much but most players do anyways because the game isn't Mm -hmm. good at interpreting that you should not be relying on the shield as much as you do you should be rolling more (laughs) but um i relied on the shield yeah it just gives you these instruments tells you all right you're on your own and then just lo- leaves it just leaves and then goes on vacation and it's such yeah. a and i think that inspired a lot of uh, a lot of new players and a lot of like young creators to like to try something new with their games to try maybe maybe aping dark souls exactly <laughs> maybe you be like necropolis and say let's do dark souls uh but just it's a roguelike and it's procedurally <laughs> generated and we didn't quite get it all the way down but we will in the future or something like salt and sanctuary which completely completely gets it yeah. but yeah, that's a good one but fits it in like a, a metroidvania kind of situation like side scrolling a lot of reliance on jumping i uh, like it 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 it's it's um it not wanting like it not wanting to worry about risk aversion it just being the game it wants to be is inspiring to a lot of game creators and Mm. that's that's uh, that's something i want to see more of and hopefully like people take lessons from dark souls that aren't quite this game should be hard or this game should be abstract but more take the lessons from it take like take how it doesn't want to be like every other game it looks at every other game it's it looks at player choice and says this thing is flawed we should just make fun of it it looks at it looks at tutorials says we'll th- we'll slap some I mean, we'll slap some like uh text on the ground and maybe they'll read it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't you, you don't have to read those tutorials no. <laughs> but yeah no that's it's great go ahead sorry uh, that's that's about all I had on that you regard. Had a butt, but it's though. like you had a butt. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but hopefully like it, like more games see those aspects of it and try to create try to create their own visions based on the ideas that it taught them and not just what it tried to do. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's I my, think that's, that's my big hope. <laughs> I well, I think yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's the best description of why Dark Souls matters I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's great. Yeah. Well, um, I can't think of any other place, better place to end it than that. Uh, Scott, thanks for being on. Thanks. Uh, um, any, I had a great anything time. You think? Yeah, I had a great time. This was fun. Um, this is definitely one of the looser ones that we've done, but at the same point, <laughs> I think that's just because we're both talking about a game we love. Yeah. Um, which makes it hard to to sort of uh, makes it hard to oh, for me anyway to pin down exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking because I'm just constantly just enthusiastic. Um, <laughs> You were very well organized. I, I heard before the show that you had notes. So, um, I here's I, the thing. I like have my. I didn't actually read the notes. I took very much. I read a oh, couple well. of them. <laughs> I just love right. Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really fun. I yeah, I can't. At one point, I was writing early on in the blog. I was writing um, a bunch of articles, and like three in a row, someone was like, "Hey, great blog. Um, try never to say." is it as difficult as dark souls again <laughs> i realized that i had said it like three articles straight i was like all right yeah that's that's I something i go like i kind of wanted to talk about a little bit of like why are so many people just like it's as hard as dark souls because that's the big popular thing in games writing now but you know we don't have to totally get into it it's no, just i mean it's just something yeah. i'm kind of annoyed about well we sort of i mean we sort of did get into it where like is it as difficult as Dark Souls is not really a good question. The question no. is like, is it difficult in the same way and why and why not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's completely. the actual question. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it doesn't matter if it's hard. I mean, there have been hard games, as you say, forever. Um, I guess the importance is its originality. Yeah. Um, so you, do we... Do we uh, is there anything you think we missed? Uh, no. I, I think right. we've... 
I, I mean, I'm Coming sure there's all. a lot of things we've really missed, but um, <laughs> but yeah, like hit us up but by design, by design, <laughs> just like in Dark Souls. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, what do you? What there's so many things, but you can plug them all. Anything, yeah. anything you'd like to plug, Scott? I write. Uh, I am on Twitter at socks mahoney. I am um, on videogamechoochoo.com. We're putting up a. Put it, we're making a big push for videos lately. We got our regular weekly podcast, news, uh, reviews, all that, all the hot, hot stuff you can expect from a good small gaming website. And Very then, nice. and then there's Wrestling on Air, the comedy wrestling podcast that doesn't want to be a wrestling podcast. <laughs> it sounds good. I, I, you, you have a new listener. I will, I will definitely check it out. Like, like I'm, as soon as I'm listening to podcasts, I, I'm I will happy to pop hear one it. on. Yeah, it's a fun absolutely. it's a fun show to do uh, a little bit of a hellish show to put together editing wise but <laughs> i expect but every time it comes out i'm just always complete just like beating a tough dark souls boss i am always relieved you're you're it's like it's like the um you're you're playing that uh <laughs> playing that the dark souls of podcast dark, dark souls of podcast <laughs> you know what you is it as difficult as dark souls there's oh. the, there's the main question <laughs> We'll never find out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Scott. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Music for this week's podcast was produced by Prodigious. You can find them at patreon.com backslash prodigious. And more from me at patreon.com backslash hagelbond.